Hello and happy Friday. Oh my gosh, it's the weekend again. Here we are back at it again with the weekend. I'm excited. I hope you guys have really fun things planned for the weekend. I will be in a gym because it's basketball season and that's what parents do during basketball. Season. They sit in gyms on the weekends. It's fine. We're fine. All right, you guys, we are talking about family restoration. Actually, we're talking about restoration period pretty much, I think, the whole month. I think that's true. Um, I feel like I know less this year than, than, than I've known in previous years about where it is that we're going and, and how that all is going to play out. But that's fine, too. I like it. Um, so family restoration is what we um, started talking about last Wednesday with unedited chats. And so Vince and I are going to be following up the, the Sunday teachings um, on, on our own lives. And so family restoration is really something that is on God's mind big time right now. And, and it's the one thing that he said to us that, you know, like test me in this. You know, I love it when God says something like that, like hold me to this because it's, it, it's, he's validating his promise that he's going to restore family, family life. And, and here's the deal. Like, I don't think that this is surface level kind of stuff. I think that we're, we're talking about um, things that are in our family lines that he is wanting to bring restoration to. There are, there are gaping wounded holes of, um, of who knows, iniquity, um, just lack of integrity within our family lines that God is wanting to bring restoration to. So if you suddenly have knowledge of things that went on in your family history, that is like, whoa, I could have done the rest of my life without knowing that. Consider carefully what it is that God is wanting to do with you. He's wanting to partner with us to bring restoration to our family lines. Now, why does it matter? Why does it matter what great grandpappy did? Well, it, it matters a whole lot because in the family of God, he, he wants all things restored. And, and so I just think that he's capable of changing things in, in our history that is going to alter where it is that we're going to make available things for us that otherwise wouldn't be available because of things that have happened. There is, there are systems of legality in the spirit realm that we need to learn and grow in. And um, don't ask me any more than that. That's just what I know in this moment. And, and so I, I'm excited to see how it is that, that God dives deep into these things. And I, I can even tell you firsthand that God is, is offering me revelation on something that, that happened as, as recent as yesterday, that um, we will see things um, manifesting in the natural realm and the physical realm that are, are due to spiritual implications that really have to do with family issues. And, um, and so I'm excited to see Holy Spirit jump in and be untangle thing that, um, are going to alter the outcome of things that probably have us scared, scared to death, perhaps, um, or your, your worst nightmare coming true. Um, anyway, let's, I just want to go to Hebrews 10, we're going to start in verse 19. Um, I did it because we have to hold tight to the things that 
um, that we know are true of God, right? We need to hold the truth. We need to hold tightly to, and um, and there isn't there's an action required on our end. This isn't something where we sit back lounged, watching God go to work. We have to be ready for Him to come in, alter things in a moment. And um, what do I mean by that? We hold information about one another real tight. We we hold on to, well, you did this. So therefore, this is how I feel about you, right? And if if we're going to partner with God in, in a season of restoration, we have to be open-handed with what we know about one another. And, and I'm not obviously just talking about, you know, your, your church friends, your, you know, the, the people that you do life with on a regular basis. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about family lines. And I'm sure the person that you know may have a, um, a, a dark history in an area of life, but we have to be willing to shift, to change our minds on a dime when God is working with restoration because it's going to blow our minds. What it is that he's he's after is going to alter things significantly. We have to be willing to things with open hands so that um so able to shift and to hit refresh. That that's one of the things that, that I have to remind myself on a regular basis that we have the power to hit refresh on one another's lives. So perhaps you you have intel on my life and but there has to be god margin you have to hold god margin concerning me because god's going to come in and and do things to to shift and alter and change and move uh, rearrange things in my life that's going to blow your mind and you're going to have to hit refresh on what you think you know about me right does that, I, I hope that makes sense so let's just dive in we're, we're in hebrews 10 verse 19 is where we're starting and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. What does that mean? It just simply means we have access. We have access. Uh, you know, so often I think that that we just breathe through um, portions of scripture. We don't take time to pause, sit in it. What does that actually mean? It means we have access to the very heart of God. We have access to the overflow of the, the Father's heart concerning us, right? We get to go boldly, it says, into the Holy of Holies, into the most intimate spaces with God. We have, we've got access. What his is ours. Say that. What is yours is mine, because that's what's true. It, concerning God's family, that's what's true. What is his is is ours. And so we have access to all that all, all of God's promises, right? Like we we have access. It is ours for the taking. Okay, so we're going to go boldly without hesitation. Verse 20, for he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. Love it. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus's body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. Gosh, I love that. Verse 21. And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced 
by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. So it, it's got, it's actually on God's end that, that desire begins, right? Desire begins on God's end. So he desires for us to be close to him. God is not, and I think that we need to return to this message. God is not looking at us and um, and picking out all of the bad parts, right? That's not who he is. He doesn't have eyes to pick out all the bad parts about us. He has eyes to see the goodness in us. You remember you are God breathed material. You are made up of the very breath of God. He spoke us into existence. Um, and, and so like, ah, just sit in that. Like I am God material. I, I was housed in the lungs of God before he even formed me in spirit. Right. And, and then you can take that further. And we know that in Jeremiah, it says that, that we are formed, like our, our physical bodies are formed in our mother's wombs. That is magnificent. Like, I don't know if you've ever played with Play-Doh or clay, or if you've ever done any kind of sculpturing, but formed like that. That's an, an intimate work of art when you have your hands on something and, and you're constantly looking at it from different angles to, to, to make sure it's taking on the form that, that you want it to, that you imagined it would look like. And so I want you to just take a second to realize that, that that's how God was forming you in, in your mother's womb. You were spoken into existence on that sixth day of creation. And then later on, he took what, what is his breath and he breathed into the formed you in your mother's womb. Ah, that is just absolutely beautiful. And so it is his desire that we come close, that, that we identify ourselves with the father, right? That's, uh, he is, he's after intimacy. It's just who he is. Um, I'm going to read that line again, verse 21. And since we now have a magnificent King priest, that's Jesus to welcome, welcome us into God's house. We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Nothing. Absolutely nothing for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and we have been freed from an accusing conscience and now we are clean, unstained and presentable to God inside and out. So we have been, we have been released or freed from an accusing conscious conscience. That's a hard word for me to say. My goodness. Um, so I, here's the deal. This is something that that I I struggle with from time to time. The, the accusing conscience. Now, for me, it's oftentimes out here coming at me is where the accusations are. But the 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 problem with those accusations that are coming at us, they are usually um, th there's usually some truth to them. Um, it's not God truth, but it's his historical truth. And so they find a place to land in us. If we are not fully bought into God has completely removed every stain from me. I look like him. I act like him. I am God material. So if there's a part of us that doesn't believe that, then there's space for those accusations that are coming at us to land in us. And that alters our, our, our awareness, that alters what we believe about self. And, and so if you have 
accusation rolling around within yourself that that is, you know, really attacking your mind on a regular basis, you're just in a disagreement with God. That's all, right? That's that's all that is. Can we just make it that simple? It's, it really is that simplistic. We are simply in a disagreement with God. When we believe the accusations from the outside in, and, and that starts to create turmoil within us and our mind starts to, to adapt to that as truth, then we're just simply in a, a disagreement with God. And as simple as changing our minds, how do we do that? How do we change our minds? Because this is what this is going to do when we're in a disagreement with God concerning who we are, we, we're going to hold everybody at a distance. We're refuse the restoration that's being offered. We are going to refuse to hit refresh on each other's lives. We're going to refuse to change our mind on anything because we're dealing with internal turmoil concerning ourselves. And when, when there is internal turmoil, we hold everybody at a distance and we hold them hostage to the truth that we hold concerning those people. And in order for a restoration to to, to even begin to manifest, we have to first change our minds. We have to be willing to be pliable and moldable people. Now, I, I don't know if, if everybody on here has been paying attention over the last couple of weeks, but one of the things that God showed me was that he was wanting to saddle our minds and bridle our tongues. And the reason is, is because whatever it is that we are thinking about is what we bring about because we partner with our thoughts through our words and words create worlds. Words are what create, we know that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Scripture tells us that. What does that mean? It means we are creating our own reality and it begins in our thought life. So when, when, when our thoughts are running wild and we aren't taking them captive, we aren't bringing into a surrendered space and, uh, you know, to take a thought captive is so much easier said than done because we, we have habitual thought processes. And, and so our minds run wild without us even like pausing to, to realize what is actually going on. It's like, it's like background noise, right? Where we're like, oh, they always never you know, like those are the, those are those constant habitual thoughts that we have never actually been mature enough to take captive. And it is a maturity issue when we're talking about the, the mind and in our thought life, it's a maturity issue. And um, are you easily offendable? It's because if you are, that's because you don't have rain on your thought life. And so it's, it's all going to begin there. And that's why God is saying, like, I want to sit on the throne of your mind. Right. And, and everything comes into being because it all began in, in a thought because it's about a, a belief system. Now, we all have a belief system. It doesn't matter whether you uh, you know have a belief system that, that points toward um, a, a deity or if it just points toward, you know, what, what you believe about your next meal. You know, we have a belief system in place um, and, and we are powerful creatures. So our minds are actually dictating our reality on a regular basis. And the moment that you give language to it, you have given that thing permission to exist in your life. It's just, it's just the reality of who we are as 
humans and, and, you know, without even bringing God into the picture, it's just who we are because whether you believe in God or not, you were created by him. Um, I, I had a, 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 you know, family. It's so fun, right? And we all have just come off of, um, you know, family encounters with the holidays and, you know, in, in whatever regard that looks like for you. But um, in one of my family encounters, I I had somebody just blatantly say, there is no God. And and I don't believe in God. And, you know, these are not arguments that I really enter into at all. It's just, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my, 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 um, it's not worth my words, to be honest with you. Um, and I knew that in the moment that, that there was a, a fight, an invitation to fight. And, and I just, I'm not interested, but, um, but what was on my mind in that moment was, you know what, it matters very little whether you believe in God, because God believes in you, right? Like, <laughs> He, he formed you like there was an in moment that all existed between this person and God. It, it, it's whether you believe in him or not matters very little. God believes in you and you can say what you want. You're, you're creating a shack for yourself to live in when you are when you are that outspoken and saying, you know, God doesn't exist or whatever. Um, you're creating your own reality. And um, we have to choose. Do I want? the shack with them? No, no, because I have a responsibility on the backside of that to, to create something beyond that. Like I, I can partner in this moment and create something that is of worth, something that is lasting, something that will go on and on and on. And that's what should be on our mind because God is interested in establishing his government on the earth and that's going to happen through us and which brings me to another point because we know that 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 he um that that jesus is establishing his throne on the praises of his people and and here's the deal we talked about that we've talked about this at length too is that we are made to worship now what you call worship and what i call worship might be two different things but we are oozing worship whether we know it or not, because it's what we are made to do. And all that, um, all that worship truly means is ascribing worth to something, anything. We are ascribing worth all day long, all day long. We are even ascribing worth in our, in our dream life, right? Like even when you're sleeping, you're ascribing worth to something because it's what we're, it's what humanity is made to do. We're made to ascribe worth. We, we just, we ooze worship. We we ooze praise. It's just what we do. We don't have to think about it. We just do it. The big question here is what are you ascribing worth to, right? And um, and I, I would encourage us to really rein that in and, and start to really consider or think carefully about what it is that we're ascribing worth to. Um, if you're ascribing worth, here, here's what I want to say. If, if Jesus is, in, is enthroned on the praises of his people, that means that something is enthroned on the praises of the people, period. What is being um, established on your praises and what you, what you give worth to is what you're building in your life. So I want 
a life that is ascribing worth to to Jesus, to the Father, because I want his government established. I want his government to to continue on forevermore, like he says that it will, right? We know in Isaiah that it says that, that that the, the, the government will rest upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And when his government is released, when his people ascribe worth to his name, right? And so we need to be careful what it is that that we're ascribing worth to. What does this have to do with family life? Everything, everything. If we're going to whine and complain about things that aren't going well in our family life, then we're ascribing worth to something, right? We're, we're ascribing worth to the lack of integrity that is in our family line, or, or, you know, maybe it's not even that far out. Maybe it is your immediate family that you're like, oh, that's less than, but you know, you'd rather just turn a blind eye and move on. In this season, God's making us brave. In this season, there is great courage to look at the less than things. There is great courage to, to, to go there, to discover, okay, what, where is it that God is wanting to bring integrity and restoration into my family life? What is it that he's wanting to alter? There is great courage to, to be able to do that, to sit in those wounded places called family, right? We all have them. If you come at me and tell me that there is not a single thing wrong with your family life, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to rebuke you. simply not true. Where there is humanity, there is problems, right? And and I, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want the restoration that God has in mind. And and so there is like uh, there is action on our end. And I think so much of it has to do with the thoughts we are thinking. Okay. So we we have to change our mind about who we are and the proximity that God is after between us. God is certainly not looking at you and going, nah, you're too dirty, right? Like it come no closer. You you're, you're riddled with sin. You've done this, that he's not keeping a tally. He said that he's removed our sins as far as the East is from the West. He has said that he has tossed those things into the sea of the sea of what? The sea of forgetfulness, right? So we need to stop doing a, a deep sea dive into the sea of forgetfulness, looking for the things that, that we have done wrong to bring before God to be like, this is why. God, this is why. This is why I can't come any closer to you. Look, look, this is what I've done. He doesn't remember. He's not looking on those things. Jesus's body was, was the veil torn open so we could enter in through him so that our proximity to God would be like this. It says that that he is as close as the air we breathe, right? He is as close as our next breath. That's the proximity we have to the Father. So change your mind. We have to change our mind. That's how we're going to partner with the restoration of family in the season is changing our mind first, that I am redeemable, okay? That's where it's going to start is me. I am redeemable. My part that I've played in creating this mess is redeemable, right? So it's 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 restoration and it's redemption. God is is he's redeeming the 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 spaces that have been eaten up by that nasty old worm, and we think that it's lost years. But here's the deal: 
we belong to a God that lives outside of time and space. I love thinking about that. I love thinking about that. How is he willing to be creative on your account? He says we can test him in this. Why not? Okay, God. Well, in 1922, this happened with blah, blah, blah. Can you redeem that? Can you bring restoration to that? Yeah, he can. Because he lives outside of time and space. We know full well that the Lamb of God was slain at the foundation of the earth. Did that physically manifest at the foundation of the earth? No, but what's on God's mind happens, right? Like it, it's, it's a done deal. So if he's already thought up, I'm going to pay the price at the foundation of the earth. It's a done deal. The blood was applied then. And so, of course, he can move back and forth on, on our linear timeline. He can, he can go where he wants in time and space. That's crazy. That's crazy. That blows my mind. And I love it. I love thinking about the possibilities of where it is that, that God might go, you know, in, in all of this. And, you know, from probably March on, um, God has been like revealing to me some interesting facts about my, my husband's family. And, um, and all along, I'm like, why are you revealing stuff to me about, you know, his, his family? Don't you want to talk about mine? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> excuse me. And, but I, there's a purpose in it, right? Like he's revealing information that is obviously pertinent to today for where it is that, that we're going. And so I'm interested in that. So I, I don't know, let God run wild with your imagination here and, and see what it is that he's wanting to breathe life on concerning your family. Does anybody remember where I left off? My goodness. I think we're at 23. Uh, verse 23. So we, so now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always, say always, God always keeps his promises. So we have to cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works of as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate dawning. I love that. Not, uh, discover to encourage others and to motivate them toward towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. That's who we are. It is not a time for us to be fighting to, to come up with reasons why we shouldn't be together, to, to turn our backs on each other. That's or even honestly, let's let's even lower the, the finger. Like let's stop pointing the finger of blame. Well, you did this, you know, uh, you did X, Y, and Z. So therefore, here's your humble pie. Let's that's not what this is saying at all. It's actually the opposite. Um it, it we are powerful creatures and we can look at the X, Y's and Z's that equal humble pie 
or we can be those creative beings who are God material and we can bring the solution to the problem no matter where it happened on the timeline. Okay, that's who we are. <laughs> that's who we get to be. We get to be these creatives that, that get to move with God wherever it is that he wants to go in, in time or space and to see him bring about restoration and redemption to a situation or scenario or family event or family trauma or whatever, whatever it is, God is willing to bring restoration and redemption to that area. So cling tightly, cling tightly to the promise. And here's the deal. When God is doing a deep dive into situations that are less than, there is going to be debris. Don't listen to that. The debris is not telling the full story. Unless you're hearing it is finished, in completion, looks like God, it's not the full story. The debris, it's just telling It's just telling tales of history. Is there truth in it? Is there validity in it? Probably, but it's not the full story unless it's been stamped with the, it is finished. It looks like God. Okay. So know that there's going to be some debris that that pop up and want to remind you of your failures. And you can very simply look that thing in the eye and say, yes, but God. Right? Right? This thing doesn't end until it has an exclamation point put there by God himself. It is finished. And he plans to carry out Jesus's last words on the cross. And if we think that when he said it is finished, that it does not encapsulate everything, we're wrong. We've missed it. Because it does. He's bringing restoration to all things because he is aching for us as his offspring to look like him, to act like him, to fill the earth with his glory like the waters cover the seas. It's who we are. I'll leave you with that. Have a blessed day and enjoy the heck out of your weekend. We'll talk later.